Hey guys, this is Dominic. Just wanted to reach out. I know it's a crazy time with quarantines and everything else going on, but I just wanted to let you know that on this platform of podcasts, we will be continuing our series of Kingdom Come for the weeks to come, however long this quarantine lasts. I want to make sure that you guys have this so that you can have some supplemental things so you're still staying with our series. We're still in the Word weekly together, and you can listen to it on your own time. So grateful for you guys. Thankful what uh, you guys are doing and for even listening to this podcast. I hope it blesses you. hope it's useful for you. And get ready, because here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to our first ever Enon Students live stream. I know it's been a crazy last week. I know it has been. And and trust me, um, if you were to see my office right now, you would see what we've had to do just to make this happen. Uh, We know that it's been crazy. If you've been to Walmart trying just to find toilet paper, it's been crazy. And so here's what I want to encourage you in. We're going to have this meeting. We're going to have this time, this stream, as long as we have to, um, as many weeks as we have to, to make sure that we have every single thing, that we have every single thing that you need uh, to have some supplemental stuff. Here's the deal. We're not going to be able to meet together. We're not going to be able to do this together in, in, in our student building like we normally do. No ping pong for a while. But I don't want that to mean, I don't want that to mean that you and I can't still get together and spend time in the Word together. And so here's one of my encouragements. Here's one of my things that, that um, I'm excited about this for, is that we're going to continue our series, Kingdom Come. We're going to continue our series through the Sermon on the Mount. Verse by verse as we look at what it looks like to live in light of God's kingdom and to live in light of the, the ways and the, and the means of how Jesus has called us to live. And so we're, we're excited about this. And today, actually, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses 43 through 48. And to kind of give you a little bit of backstory and kind of catch you up if you're new to the stream, uh, if you're new to this series with us, uh, one of the things that, that we see from Jesus is that in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us ways of living so that if we are citizens of his kingdom, that then we live in light of our king and how he lived. And so one of the things that he says right there in uh, the beginning of chapter 5 is that he talks about Jesus not coming to abolish the law, but yet to fulfill the law. And what Jesus begins to share with uh, the people there listening on the Sermon on the Mount is this, is that he's saying the, um, that whatever the law says, whatever the word of God says, if it just is skin deep, man, you're, you're missing the whole point of it. Jesus was telling him, I'm much more concerned with your heart than I am with your works. And, and Jesus would say, you give me your heart, see what works will come out of it. Um, it's not that uh, you work so hard that it changes your heart. It's that when Jesus saves you and gives you a new heart, it then begins to change your works. And Jesus would say this at the very uh, end of this Uh, this portion of the Sermon on the Mount talking about Jesus fulfilling law, he would say this, he would say, um, unless your righteousness righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not be able to enter into the kingdom of God. And then what is really unique and what we've been going through for the last few weeks are, are these six sections, these six small sections right after that, that really goes into Phrases that the scribes and Pharisees have been, have been faithful to proclaim and to tell and interpret and explain to people for, for years and years and years. And Jesus, these are the famous statements where it says, you've heard it said, but I tell you. 
And so what Jesus is doing in these six sections is going, you've heard the scribes and Pharisees whose righteousness is skin deep and not to their heart. You've heard them say this, but I tell you this, and Jesus always takes what they said was just skin deep laws and always takes them and goes, no, no, it's not just your actions. It's your heart that matters. And tonight, I think we're going to really hit on something important as we talk about loving your enemies. That's difficult. I don't care if you're a middle schooler or you're middle-aged. It doesn't matter who you are. This is a difficult truth. This is a difficult practice. And so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48, where Jesus tells us this and talks about this very subject. It says this, You have heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and the the rain he sends on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You therefore be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And so we're going to walk through this verse by verse for just a few minutes. And then we're going to uh, to spend this time and then I'm going to let you guys go get back to your quarantine life. Okay? And so uh, it, it says this, You have heard it, you heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now listen, you look at the first part of that. Remember, he's saying what the Pharisees and the scribes have said. You have heard it said from the Pharisees and scribes, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And this is, at the very first part of this, you shall love your neighbor sounds real good. That man, that sounds churchy. That sounds Christian-y. That sounds like something we would have in our dialect, right? And listen, they get that from Leviticus 19.18, where it says, you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And so what they did was, is they manipulated this. They, they changed it. And so instead of it saying, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself, they, they took instead of love your neighbor as yourself, they said, love your neighbor. But then they took out as yourself and added and hate your enemy. You'd be hard-pressed to find in the Old Testament where Jesus, where, where God is specifically saying you need to hate your enemy. You need to hate everybody. Anybody who's not your people, you hate around you. You'd be hard-pressed to find it. And so what happens is, is when they manipulate the Scripture like this, instead of how you, are, how you should love as you love yourself, as Leviticus says, instead of how you should love, they've now made it, whom you should love. Instead of how you should love like you love yourself, you it's whom you should love. Only your neighbor, not your enemy. And so this whole idea is that they are Jews. They love themselves. Anybody who is not them, anybody who is not their people is, is relegated to hatred and should be looked down upon. But what is Jesus saying? This is the beauty about Jesus. Because you know what? And when we look at this, we're often, we often can really relate to the, uh, the scribes and Pharisees who are like, hey, listen, you like the people you like, don't like the people you don't like, right? You hate them. You hate your enemy. If you don't believe me, you try hanging out with middle school and high school girls. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, listen, when you see a few of them cut purses up in front of each other and say the thing, listen, hating our enemies is an easy thing to do. And we have a lot of them. And so look at the way that we uh, get on Twitter or Instagram. The way that we do things 
and shows that we, we are good at hating our enemies. But what does Jesus say? What does it look like if you and I are redeemed, if we are citizens of the kingdom? What does it look like for us to walk in the ways of our king? He says this in verse, uh, our king says this in verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The call of Jesus when it comes to people who have wronged us, our enemies, people who have done us wrong or continuing to do us wrong, those who have spoken evil against us, who have said things, who have come at us, instead of hating them, and using our platforms, social media, and our friend groups to gossip and destroy them, what does Jesus say? But I say to you, you should love your enemies and pray for your enemies. To love our enemies is what Jesus calls us to do, which is powerful and huge. To love them. Not just to put up with them, but to love them. Man, it's incredible to think of loving the people who have hurt you most. But Jesus also takes it to another level and says, not only love them, but you should pray for them. Man, this is countercultural. It's hard for you to hate people who you are constantly, and these, these two words are, are two present imperative verbs in, in language. It, it shows us that these are constant, ongoing, continuous, that we are to continually love and continually pray for our enemies. That's mind-blowing. But it's what Jesus has called us to do, is to pray and to bring them before, to intercede on their behalf to the people who have harmed us and hurt us. Those who the world would champion as us calling them our enemies and hating them and destroying them. Jesus calls us to love them and to pray. Listen, pray for them. How countercultural, how mind-blowing is that for us in 2020? But to live in light of the kingdom is to be one who would love and pray for their enemies. Why? So that, verse 45, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? And so what he says is this, for, for us to love our enemies, it says, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. What that, listen, what that is not saying, uh, internet, listen, what's that, what that's not saying is that's not saying that you love your enemy and pray for them. Thus you are now saved, right? Thus you are now saved. If you do these two things, then you will be saved. We, if you know the Sermon on the Mount, if you know what we've talked about, by no means is that the case. What, what Jesus is saying here is that because you love your enemy and because you're praying for your enemy, that is evidence that you are mine. It's not what makes you mine. It's evidence that you are mine. It's, it's, it's a product of walking with Jesus. It's a product of it. Because what does Jesus do? He makes, the, he makes his son, which I love that, by the way, just for he makes his son. Ah, just that ownership that he, you know, it's his son. It's his solar system. It's his earth. His son rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. I mean, so for, for, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have for even the tax collector? He's, what he goes on to say is this, so that you're identified with Jesus, so that you're making sure that everybody knows whose you are and it's evidences of who you are. 
and whose you are, whose you are. And it says, if you just love the people around you, don't the tax collectors do that? Tax collectors, they love other tax collectors. And, and the Jews were going, no, 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 we're not tax collectors. We don't want to be like tax collectors. But listen, tax collectors just like everybody else. Gentiles, the people that uh, you are your enemies, the people you hate, don't they just love everybody too? And don't they just love and accept everybody who's like them? What makes us different? The difference is, is that the, the, the love of Jesus that, almost, that loves us and loves humanity is not a discriminating love. It's a love that loves everyone. Jesus loves the Gentile. He loves the tax collector. And he loves you. He loves me. He loves the most heinous among us. He loves us. He loves the most dirty of all sinners. Was, even Paul said he was the chief of them. I mean, Jesus' love knows no bound. It knows no race. It knows no uh, nationality. It knows, it knows no uh, uh, discrimination whatsoever. He loves and as a result, that should also be the way that we love. Even our enemies, we are to love. And you go, man, that sounds crazy. That sounds crazy. To love those who have hurt us? Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? To, to love that person, you have no idea what they did to me. Well, I want you to know that I got really three things for you. One, that repaying evil for good, listen, that's satanic. To turn evil for good, right? To, to, to repay good for good, that's human, right? We can do that, right? If somebody's good to us, we can be good to them. But repaying good for evil, that's divine. For us to love others, that is not just us being great in ourselves. That is us walking in the power of, of the Spirit of God. This is not something that's easy in our flesh. Our flesh will buck up against it. Listen, our flesh wants the enemies. Our flesh wants the darkness. Our, our flesh wants to be at odds with one another. It's what's happened since Genesis 3. But what happens is, is when the Spirit of God indwells you as a person, and you're walking in the ways of your king, and you're learning, like we talked about, you're being an apprentice of Jesus. You begin to take on his attitude, his heart, his eyes, his purpose. And when you do that, even those who are your enemies become those who you love. And we pursue that. Why? Because verse 48 says this, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. We are a people who are pursuing Jesus. We are pursuing perfect love, perfect, uh, uh, perfect living, perfect life. It won't be achieved here, but it is our chief pursuit. And we're going to pursue loving Jesus. And, love, and listen, can I be honest with you? In this time of exile, of quarantine, listen, you may be hanging out with your friends a little bit. You, you may be having some social interaction. But for many of you, you're sitting at home, glued to a controller, glued to a phone. And for some of you, these last few days have been some of your loneliest. Now I want to encourage you, do not waste this time. I mean, listen, what the enemy means for evil, and our, our pastor said this in his live stream, what the enemy meant for evil, the Lord wants to use it for our good and for his glory. Man, what a wonder, listen, right now you have your wilderness time. You have your exile time. And how are you going to use it? Are you going to use it to binge watch Netflix, Amazon Prime, and be on social media the whole time? Or are you going to take that? Are you going to leverage that? 
to look more like Jesus so that loving your enemy is a, is a more realistic opportunity, is something that is, that is more plausible for uh, your life after exile, after quarantine, by spending time with Jesus, Man, listen, you could read the entire, by the time we get done with this thing, you have been able to read uh, the entire New Testament. There's some reading plans out. Listen, you can get into the Word. I mean, you can, you can listen to every single worship song there is. You could change your entire playlist. You could change the things you watch on, uh, on the Internet. Man, there's some wonderful documentaries. There's some top-notch uh, resources out there to teach you more about Jesus. You could come out of this time of exile and in the wilderness and in the quarantine looking just like you did when you went in. Or you have an opportunity to come out loving your enemies, looking more like Jesus, pursuing his way, pursuing the ways of our king. And you could look a whole lot more like a citizen of heaven when you get out of this exile. But man, that's a choice that you get to make. And I encourage you, pursue Jesus this time. Man, pursue what it looks like to love Jesus. And as you do, I'm telling you, it's going to become easier to love others as yourself. And listen, I, I want you to know this, my last thing. Loving our enemies is huge, and it's a wonderful representation of Jesus because he was so kind. In Romans 5.10, we see this. For, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Praise the Lord that Jesus Praise the Lord that Jesus loved his enemies enough to come and die on a cross, was dead for three days, buried in the grave, and rose again victorious to reconcile enemies. Let me encourage you. There's no, there's no slander. There's no, uh, there's no action. There's no dis, uh, disgruntlement. There's no fight. There's no disagreement. And there, there's no harm that could ever be done more to you then that was done to Jesus. And he still, even on the cross, was able to say, Father, forgive them. What the world would have said were enemies. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. To love Jesus, man, is to love people. To love Jesus is to love people. And Jesus loved people. Hey, this week, what a, what a time to love people. You got people who are sick, people who can't make for themselves. What an awesome time for the church to rise up and to love people. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Man, if you're here and, and, and you go, man, I want, to, I want to love Jesus, man. I want to be, make sure that I'm getting in touch with, I want to make sure that I'm loving people and I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to love people. Man, I want to encourage you. Uh, there, we're going to have some resources coming at you soon. And we're going to have some resources that, um, on our website, and you're going to be able to see those. We're going to have some resources coming at you digitally. And we just want to make sure that no matter what, um, you have avenues to love people. Hey, send an encouraging text to somebody. Hey, listen, you can mend a lot of fences over a FaceTime call. I just want to encourage you, walk in the ways of Jesus. We'll get through this together. We love you. I love you. I'm thankful for you. And we'll see you guys next time.